Hey, this is Keith. I'm the pastor of Blaze Church. Welcome to our podcast. I know today's message is going to inspire you, encourage you, and lead you to know God more. If you want to connect with us, visit us online at blazechurch.org. Enjoy today's message. Good morning. If we haven't had the chance to meet, my name is Josh, and it is great to see you here this morning. Uh, how many have been having fun this month at, at the movies, if you've been yeah. here? It's been a great time. I mean, popcorn is good any time of the day, if you ask me. I know it's, I know it's a little early, but it's, it's great to have some fun with you guys. And if it's your first time here, or one of your first time here, just want to say, once again, welcome home. So glad that you're with us this morning. Uh, but I thought it was only fitting that we move from Thanksgiving week, right? Everybody have a good Thanksgiving this week. We're still kind of digesting from our turkey dinners and moving to putting up our lights and moving into the Christmas season, but I thought this was a great way to kind of kick us off. Uh, here's a fun fact. I have a couple trivia questions for us. Is that all right to kind of get us going? So what year was the Christmas story taking place? Not what year was it filmed in? What year did the Christmas story take place? Anybody know? Was it the 40s? Was it the 50s? Was it the 60s? 60s, 50s, 40s. It was 1940, everybody. Which is why I'm dressed like it's 1940. I mean, Keith, I haven't gotten dressed up for church in I don't know how long. I said, this is my chance. So that's why I'm here. Uh, here's another trivia question. Who knows what Ralphie's brother's name is? What? Randy. Randy. Who got that? All right, you win a million dollars, Allie. I don't have it, but you win it. Uh, one more question. What does Ralphie want so badly for Christmas? Say it all together. Red Rider. Red Rider BB gun. And he says carbine action, something or other. Uh, but we are actually going to talk about what do you want for Christmas? Like, that's the question that I really want to set up for th us this morning. What are you asking for for Christmas. Like, just think about that for a moment. Maybe that is something like a gift, a new car. Maybe it's a new house or a new patio for the house. Or let's go a little deeper. If you were to think about that, like, what is the one thing that you're asking for? Maybe that's something deeper. Maybe it's a restored relationship. Maybe it's true family connection without all the family drama or anything surrounding it. Maybe for you, it's good health or healing from a loss in your life. Maybe it's success in your business or your career. But just want you to think about that as we set up this time together this morning. Like, what is the one thing that you are really hoping for? And here's another question on top, on top of that. What if the answer is no, and you don't get what you were so hoping for? Like, what do we do in the moments when our wishes and our hopes, they fall short, and disappointment sets in, and we realize the answer is no? Like, what do we do with that? I really want, I, I feel like God put it on my heart that that is the question that I want us to face together this morning. And I'm not trying to be the Grinch who stole Christmas before Christmas even began, everybody. But I think it really is an important question 
not just for the holidays, but for 365 days of our lives. Like, what do we do in these moments when life happens? And we had these big dreams and these big plans, and disappointment comes, and the unexpected comes, and we don't get what we so longed for. Here's the big idea today. God really does know best for our lives. God really does know best. He knows what we need. And like a good parent, he knows when the answer should be yes. He knows when the answer should be no. And he knows when the answer is maybe not right now. And so another way to phrase this question is, how do we trust that God's no in our lives is really for our best? Like, especially when it's unwanted or it doesn't make any sense. How do we get up to a place of trusting that his no in our lives is really for our best? So I want to look at this with you, but of course, we're going to look at our boy, Ralphie, and we're going to look at his story and see what he so desperately wanted for Christmas. Let's take a look at this first clip. Oh, look at the look of dejection on Ralphie's face, right? He wants that Red Ryder carbine action 200-shot range model air rifle. I got that right, guys. I, th I think I deserve a round of applause for that one. I worked really hard on that. But let's turn to another story in Scripture. And this one is a true story that is preserved in the pages of Scripture for us. Uh, this is going to be in the Old Testament. It's the book of First Samuel, chapter 1. And we're going to meet a woman whose name is Hannah. Everyone say Hannah. Hannah. All right, we're going to look at Hannah's story. And I just want to say on the front of this that Hannah's story may hit very closely to home for some of you in this space. And I just want to recognize that I know this is a sensitive topic. And I just want to say I'm so glad you're here today because I know for every single one of us, whenever we turn to the page of scripture, we find encouragement. We find God's hope and healing for our lives. But we, we turn to this story in the book of 1 Samuel and we find this woman named Hannah and she discovers devastating news. She discovers that she so desperately wanted children, but she can't have any children. And she is heartbroken over this. See, in her culture especially, children were a way of life. Children were legacy. They were people's livelihood. Like people depended on having children to see the continuation and the strength of their family. Like really practically, children would just really help around this house. Think about it in this day and time when there's not technology and all of the you know, luxuries that we have. But in her culture, children were seen as such a blessing, almost to the point where if you didn't have children, it was thought like something was wrong with you. There was like a sort of sense of shame that was associated with this. Almost like, I just really want to step into Hannah's world and understand she's grappling with such disappointment and maybe shame and maybe guilt. Like, did I do something wrong? Like, did I do something that God would prevent me from having children? And her grief is compounded by people openly shaming and taunting her. Take a look at this. It says in 1 Samuel 1.6, and her rival used to provoke her grievously 
to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. I think it's so interesting when I read this, it says the Lord had closed her womb. Like right off the bat, we're being told that God is preventing a good thing in Hannah's life. And if you're a human like I am, you're looking at this and asking, why? Like, why would God prevent a good thing in her life? That doesn't make any sense. Is somebody with me on that? Well, we're going to keep reading because this is just the beginning of this story. Not only is Hannah coping with deepest grief, she's being made fun of in the process. Next, it says, And Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? And why do you not eat? Why is your heart sad? And he, he says, Am I not more to you than ten sons? Like, can I just say this bro is so out of touch right now? Like, he's like, Hannah, you got me, girl. Like, why do you need? Don't say this, husbands, okay? But really, you know, a moment of levity, but also we recognize that Hannah is experiencing such darkness and such depression and such disillusionment and disappointment. Have you ever been there? Have you ever lacked motivation to even just get up and eat? It says, like, she's just crying. She can't find the strength to do anything. She's just weeping. And the one who's supposed to be the closest to her, her husband, doesn't even understand. Next it reads, Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. See, I want to see this with you today that even in a moment that Hannah felt like no one even understands the depth of my pain, she knew that she could turn to the one who understood her inside and out, to the God who knew her completely in this moment, in her tears, in her distress, in the middle of her misery, Hannah chooses to pray. That is so powerful. Like she is shattered in this moment but she seeks God. She is broken, but she says, I'm going to lift my eyes up in this moment. Like, I think we can resonate with that. I was talking to someone recently, one of my friends, and just talking about the reality that when we go through the valleys in our life, like sometimes prayer is, it feels like the hardest thing that we can do, right? Is anyone there? Like, you just feel like this is so difficult. I don't even know the words to say where do I begin? But I want us to see this morning, like Hannah, she pushes through the tears. I don't know what those words look like. It could have been no words at all. And we're going to see that as well. But it says next, and she made this vow to the Lord, O Lord of heaven's armies, if you will look upon my sorrow and answer my prayer and give me a son, then I will give him back to you. He will be yours for his entire lifetime. And as a sign that he has been dedicated to the Lord, his hair will never be cut. Right before these verses, it says, Hannah is just, she's, she's crying bitterly and she doesn't even find the words. But then we hear some words that are coming. Have you ever made a vow to God? Like, have you ever said to God, God, if you come through and do this for me, here's what I'm going to do. Like, that's what Hannah's doing this moment. She's saying, God, if you answer my prayer for a son, I will make sure 
that this man, this boy lives for you. Like that's what Hannah's doing in this moment. And she knows who she needs to go to to ask for this. Well, let's check back with our boy Ralphie because he also knew who he needed to ask for what he wanted. Let's take a look. Well, we know what Ralphie wants for Christmas, clearly. We know what he is desperate for, but let's be honest, getting back to our story with Hannah, she is much more desperate for what she's asking for. And don't miss this moment, this next moment that we're going to read in her moment of desperation. A moment of encouragement comes. A word of comfort comes from a man named Eli. Now, Eli was a believer, a prophet, someone that they called a priest in this day. He was a man of God. It says in 1 Samuel one seventeen. In that case, Eli said, go in peace. May the God of Israel grant the request that you have asked of him. Oh, thank you, sir, she exclaimed. Then she went back and began to eat again, and she was no longer sad. Man, what we see in this moment is a tremendous moment of encouragement from someone else who believes. Like someone else who's coming to Hannah and say, Hannah, don't worry. God is with you. God is for you. And even more than that, in this moment, Eli is acting as a prophet of God. And he's revealing to her that, no, God is actually going to answer your prayer. Like that is amazing. And I want us to see this morning that sometimes the thing that we need most in our moment of desperation is not even the answer. It's encouragement from someone who believes. It's encouragement from someone who says, man, I'm going to step into your corner. Man, I see the pain that you are walking through, and I want to walk with you through this moment of pain. I'm going to believe for you when you don't have the strength to believe. I'm going to pray for you when you don't have the strength to pray. And Blaze Church, I am looking at a family right now who believes this very thing. Like we know that we uphold each other in prayer. This is why we have Blaze Church small groups that we get together once a week to encourage each other, to remind each other of truth because there are the hills, there are the valleys, the low moments of our lives. And we see the power of an encouraging word and what that brings. The second thing I see here I'm going to get really spiritual. No, I'm going to get really practical for a moment. Like Hannah begins to eat and she's no longer sad. Like sometimes you need some encouragement and you just need a really good meal. Like you just need some good food to make your face no longer sad. Like, but she gets both in this moment, a tremendous moment of encouragement. And here's what she decides to do next. Next, it says, the entire family got up early the next morning and went to worship the Lord once more. See, once more tells me that she's taking God at his word. Once more tells me that this isn't the first time that she had made a decision at some point in her life to say, God, you are so much bigger than I can understand. I'm going to choose to put my life in your hands. I'm going to choose to worship you. And so in this moment, when the valley comes, she's saying, I'm going to worship you once more. 
Like, I don't know where this is going, but I'm going to choose to worship. And I think we can take such encouragement from that this morning that even when the answer is no in our lives, we can say, God, I know that my life is in your hands. I know that you know the best for me, and I'm going to trust you with that. Next, it says, then they returned home to Ramah. When Elkanah slept with Hannah, the Lord remembered her plea. And in due time, she gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, for she said, I asked the Lord for him. Guys, this is a miracle moment when God answers Hannah's prayer. And we could celebrate that like this is an actual story that happened. And I know that we have actual stories in our lives when we see God come through. Like Hannah longed for something so desperately and God hears her prayer. What we can be encouraged by is that God hears your prayers. Mm -hmm. And not only does he hear your prayers, he responds to prayer. I love that song that we've been singing, I trust in God, I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered. I want you to know this morning that God hears and he answers prayer. And sometimes the answer is yes. Sometimes the answer is no. Sometimes the answer is not right now. And I can't assume to know why the answer is which at which time. But I can tell you that we serve a trustworthy God who holds our lives in his hands. See, Hannah in this moment gets what she so desperately wanted. Let's take a look and see if our boy Ralphie got what he so desperately wanted. Oh no, it happened, he shot his eye out. Well, Ralphie got what he so desperately wanted, right? And maybe it wasn't the best thing for him. I don't know. All the mothers in the room said amen. Um, but what Hannah wanted, we can all agree, was a very good thing, right? And let's, let's just look back on her story for a moment. God's answer for a significant season in her life, however long that was, we saw the depth of her desperation, the depth of her grief and sorrow. Like God's answer for Hannah for a good thing was no for a season. And then in her story, in due time, the answer became yes. Well, again, the question that I posed before, like, why? Why? Like, why was that? I can't make sense of that. And I just got to be honest with you guys. There are things in my life that I look at and I say, God, would you take this away from me? And he says, my grace is sufficient for you. My power is made perfect in your weakness. And I, I'm still asking God why, but I wanna submit this idea to you today. Like, can I just submit to you that maybe, just maybe, God wants to do more in us than just what we want him to do for us. Like maybe the miracle of his grace is first what he does in us. And that is truly the greatest miracle and the greatest gift of all. Like, can I be honest with you? That sounds a lot better on paper in a screen than it does in my real life. Like, can I get a, an amen from somebody? Like, but here's the truth that we need to know today. 
God knows the best for you. Like you can trust him. You can take him at his word. You can ask him and receive what he has for you. It is the best for your life, even if it doesn't feel like it in the moment. Like what if God closes doors in our life just like he closed Hannah's womb because he wants to do a better work in us than just giving us the thing that we so desperately long for. And we saw what the result was in Hannah's life. It wasn't like the moral of the story that I want you to see the point of the story is not just that Hannah got her prayer answered. It's not that she just got her wish. It's not that Ralphie got his BB gun. Hannah's waiting led to seeking God in a way that maybe, just maybe, she would have never had the desperation and felt the need for God that was always there. Mm -hmm. Maybe God allows these things in our life to recognize what's always there, our need for him. And maybe that's the invitation to his grace to say, man, do I need you, Lord? Man, I'm gonna call on the one who knows me and who called me by name. Maybe that's what it's all about. Maybe it's about surrender to his will and praying the prayer that Jesus taught us to pray. Lord, not my will, your will be done. See, Hannah's trouble and her waiting produce endurance and faith in her heart. And I want to tell you today, the same will be true in our lives when we make the same decision to trust the Lord. James writes about this, and here's some words from him in the New Testament listen to this. He says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. That is beautiful. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. And I think that really caps it for us this morning. Make sure your faith is in God alone. Like sometimes waiting for the answer We can all agree, waiting is a trial. It's painful. And yet in our waiting, we are invited to know the one who calls us by name. We're invited to know the one who gives all wisdom and to choose to trust him even when we don't understand. See, our faith is in God. It's not in the answer. Our faith is in the giver. It's not in the gift. And when we don't get what we want, we have everything we need in Jesus. We have the giver, and that is the greatest gift. Come on, if you've tasted and seen God's goodness in your life, can you just give him some praise right now for his faithfulness? Like, I know there are so many of you in this room. You know what I'm talking about today. You know that waiting is a trial, but you know the greater truth of the one who knows you by name. You know the giver. Now I'm gonna talk to those of you in the room for a moment 
that you would say, I don't know who the giver is, or I want to know more about who he is. Well, I simply want to extend the invitation of Jesus to you today. He says, come to me, all you who are weary, who are burdened, and I will give you rest. It's the invitation to know the God who created you and who knows you by name. I love Christmas time. I love that it is an opportunity that we get to remember the birth of the Savior, like God literally coming down into our lives to show us his heart, to show us that he is the way, the truth, and the life. And guys, our lives are but a breath. They go so quickly. How awesome that you have opportunity in this place to say, yeah, I want to know the God who created me. I want to know more about him. So I want to lead us all in a prayer in a moment. And if you've prayed this prayer, I want you to pray it with faith this morning so that we can pray together as a church family. And if you would say, yeah, I want to know God, and I haven't made an intentional place of connection, like I don't have a relationship with him, well, I want to invite you to pray these words together. And the power is not in the specific words that we say. The power is in the one that we pray to. So if you would, let's bow our heads. Pray this with me. Say, Heavenly Father, thank you for your grace. Thank you for Jesus. I am a sinner who needs saving. And you are the one who saved my soul. Thank you. I surrender my life. I give it to you. Lead me and guide me. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Come on, let's celebrate in this place. The Bible says heaven celebrates and rejoices when just one person comes to know him. I want to invite you to stand as we close out this morning's service. We're going to sing that song one more time, I Trust in God. We're going to sing, I sought the Lord and he answered. And I just want to pray one more prayer of blessing over you. So just receive this as we begin to worship. God, I thank you for your word this morning. I thank you that we can choose to trust that you are working in our lives, even when we don't understand. And God, I pray that we would walk out of this place with our faith strengthened, that we know the God who knows all things, that we can take you at your word, that we can trust you even when it doesn't make sense and even when the answer is no. God, I pray that you would be praised in this moment and that we would see you more clearly as we continue after you. And everybody said in Jesus' name, amen. amen.